That's great. And boy, I tell you, didn't you enjoy our music this morning? I tell you, praise the Lord. I just, I love the old hymns and then the new music as well. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is like a wise householder who opens his treasures and he takes out of them things old and things new. And that's, uh, that's just what I, I love about one of the many things I love about our church is that our music is a good mixture of things old and things new. And those old hymns have a very special meaning to me. They touch so many memories and so many, so many feelings that have been going on in my life for so many years. And I appreciate uh, the good selection of our songs. Well, we're in the Gospel of Mark, and today we're going to be reading a passage out of Mark chapter 5, verse 24 through 34, 11 verses here. Let me just tell you a story. When Jesus was 18 years old or thereabouts, uh, he lived up in Nazareth, older teenage boy, possibly by this time his Father Joseph had died, and so he's taking care of Mary and the other children. But uh, in a community not too far away from Nazareth, two things happened that year, the year that Jesus was about 18 years old. There was a, a man who later became the ruler of the synagogue. He and his wife had a little baby girl. And they just were so happy. They loved that little girl. And for the next 12 years, they just played with her and taught her and loved her and were so delighted in her. And, uh, and then she got sick. By this time, Jesus is 30 years old. And this little girl got sick. And she got sicker and sicker and sicker. And the doctors finally said, uh, there's no hope for her. She's going to die. And she did die. And uh, we saw last Sunday that this ruler of the synagogue, his name was Jairus, he went to where Jesus was. He had heard all the things that Jesus was doing, that Jesus was healing people and giving sight to blind people and casting demons out of people. So he finds Jesus, and he says, My little girl is so sick. If you'll just come with me, lay your hands on her, you have the power to heal her, and she'll live. And Jesus said, I'll, I'll go with you. And they started on their way, and just to jump to the end of the story, what we saw last week, Jesus did go to her house, to his house. And even before he got there, some people sent a message to him and said, don't, don't bother the master anymore. The little girl has died. And Jesus said to this grieving dad, don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. And Jesus went on to the house when he got there, there was all the mourning and wailing, and, and he told the people to, to go outside. And
And he went in and he said to the little girl, took her by the hand, the Bible says, and he said, little girl, arise, get up. Isn't that amazing? And this little girl who was dead, the Bible says, and she opened her eyes and she got up. And then Jesus said, now give her something to eat. And uh, said, don't, don't tell anybody what I've done here today. Because he, he had come for more than just to, to break, raise people from the dead. But here's the amazing thing. The day or the year that little girl was born, there was another thing that happened. Twelve years earlier, there was a woman who about the same time that this little girl was born to Jairus and his wife, this woman started bleeding. And, of course, no doubt at first she thought this was just part of the cycle that she would have, and, but the bleeding didn't stop and just kept on, kept bleeding. And for 12 years, this woman had an issue of blood that could not be stopped. And she had tried everything. She had, at first, no doubt, just hoped, well, maybe this is just temporary. Maybe after a month, it's going to stop. But it didn't stop. And, and no doubt, the bleeding, the Bible says the, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And to be losing blood continually for 12 years. The woman must have been so weak. She must have been so discouraged. She must have been so frustrated, maybe even angry and hopeless. And she said, I'll, I'll try. She went to doctors. She started going to doctors, and, and the doctors couldn't help her. She spent everything she had trying to get some help, and she couldn't get any help. And for 12 years, she has been gradually dying. Just losing her strength, losing her hope, and basically losing her life. Because this blood, if it didn't stop, there would be no hope for her. So, she also heard about Jesus. And while Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house to raise a little girl who had died, who was born the same year this woman started bleeding, he goes to, uh, he's on his way and he gets interrupted in the journey. And let's just start reading right here in uh, Mark's Gospel, beginning in verse 24. And so Jesus went with him, that's with Jairus, and a great multitude followed him. And they thronged him, the Greek word there for thronged is to press, to just pack in around. He was just in a, a crowd, could hardly move. I remember on the 4th of July, back several years ago, my family and I went to Disney World. Don't ever, ever, ever go to Disney World on the 4th of July. You'll get pressed to death. I mean, even when we were trying to leave that night, we were just all just kind of like that, just people packed against you. It was just unbelievable. And 
And I, I thought of, of this very thing and, and a couple other places where it says, and Jesus was thronged. He was just pressed, just packed, just people all around it. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And by the way, that's serious enough in itself, but what we don't understand in our day today is that that also disqualified her from going into the temple. We'd say today she couldn't even go to church. She couldn't get with God's people. Listen, in in the Old Testament, in uh, uh, Leviticus chapter 15, here was the way the law was written. If a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, not at the time of her menstrual impurity, or if she has a discharge beyond the time of her impurity, all the days, all the days of that discharge, she shall be considered unclean. She is cut off. She is ceremonially considered separated from God and from the people of God. As in the days of her impurity, she shall be unclean. And every bed on which she lies, all the days of her discharge shall be to her as the bed of impurity. And everything on which she sits shall be unclean. And whoever touches these things shall be unclean. And shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Now, we don't have anything today to even relate that to, do we? I, I can't think of of anything. I've tried this week to think of something that would just kind of disqualify people from even coming into the presence of God. But this woman has been bleeding, suffering, hopeless, gradually getting weaker and weaker, and she could not even gather with the people of God because the law kept her and said, you cannot come into the midst of people. So she hears that Jesus is, uh, uh, she heard reports about Jesus. And uh, it says she had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better. In fact, she got worse. By the way, I don't know what all she tried if you were to take the Jewish Talmud, which is uh, an expansion and an explanation and, uh, of the writings of the uh, rabbis and so forth over here, it's a huge book. It gives 11 possible cures for a woman who has a discharge of blood. And they are weird. One of them, for instance, is to take the ashes of an ostrich egg and wrap it in a linen cloth and wear it next to your body for a year. Say, that's weird. Then one of them is even weirder than that. I hesitate to even tell you, but it says to, to find a grain of barley corn in the dung of a donkey and take it out and wear it on your body, and maybe that'll help. That's just silly, isn't it? 
Now, I mean, I know growing up where I grew up, back in the hills of Tennessee, we had stuff like that too, you know. Some of you could tell me some superstitious, if you had a wart, you know, if you had a wart, what you, you buried uh, something under the doorstep. I can't remember what it was now. Uh, and a piece of coal, is that what it was? And then you get you. So so maybe they weren't so so crazy back then, <clears throat> and any crazier than we are today. But I mean, I can just remember my grandmother telling me all these these uh, cures, you know, for different maladies, and uh, and I I think then well that didn't even make sense to me, but uh, I did try it. I had a wart. <laughs> Mine didn't go away. I didn't. I didn't know about the coal and the matchbox. You know, maybe if I'd have tried that. Do I? A string. Okay. I knew there was something we were supposed to bury, but it had to be under the doorstep or something like that, under the steps of the front porch. And and so so she had tried maybe all of those. Maybe she had tried every superstitious remedy, every medical remedy, every thing that anybody suggested to her and she just didn't get any better as a matter of fact she had spent everything she had and now she was just getting worse and worse when she heard about Jesus that a great <laughs> just great when she heard about Jesus I want to tell you something folks all around us right out here today there are folks who are dying in a state of hopelessness, not from an issue of blood, but just from a life that has no purpose, no direction. Their relationships are dying. Their marriages are dying. Their relationship with their kids are dying. They they are hopeless. And you know what they need? They need to hear about Jesus. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she reached out and she touched his garment. Now, we're told in another one of the Gospels that she touched the the tassel, the hem or the tassel of his garment in uh, Numbers, the book of Numbers. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel, tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations. And then to put a a blue cord on the tassel of each corner, and it will be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them, not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you are inclined to do. So you shall remember and do my commandments and be holy to your God. So every Jewish man... On his robe, he would sew four tassels with a blue cord in them. It was to be a reminder that he was God's man, a a member of the covenant community, and it was also to be a reminder of the covenant and of the commandments of God. 
So as Jesus is walking along and those tassels, those four tassels hanging down on from his robe, this woman had pressed her way through the crowd, hoping perhaps not to be recognized, maybe having her face covered, and she just reaches out and she touches one of those tassels because she had said, if only I can touch his clothes, I'll be made well. If I can just get close enough to him, if I can just touch him, I'll be made well. Here's the amazing thing about the rest of the story. Immediately, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. She had become so sensitive, so well aware of her body for these last 12 years that when the healing came, she felt it. She said, it is gone. The fountain of that blood has dried up. I am made well. And she must have felt like jumping up and down and shouting. But the next verse says, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, that healing power had surged through this woman, he turned around in the crowd and he said, Who touched my clothes? And by the way, Jesus is not asking this because he didn't know. See, he, he knows everything. He knew exactly who it was. He was asking this so that the woman would, uh, would identify herself. And his disciples said to him, this sounds like the disciples, doesn't it? Well, Jesus... You see the multitude that's pressing in on you, and you, and you say, who touched me? Kind of a little rebuke from his disciples here. Jesus, what are you talking about? What do you mean, who touched you? Why, there must be 75 people that have been touching you. And he looked around to see the woman who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. Now, I don't think the whole truth is I'm the one that touched you. I don't think that was the whole truth. I think the whole truth was about I have had this issue of blood for 12 years. And I've, I've gone to doctor after doctor after doctor. Nobody's helped me. I've tried the ostrich egg thing. I've tried everything. I've just done it all, and I'm worse than, I, than I've ever been. And I've spent everything I have. That's the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, this is one of the sweetest little sentences in the Bible. This word, this Greek word here for daughter is the same word that the father, Jairus, had probably used for his little girl hundreds of times. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. Mark tells us this story 
first of all, to show us that Jesus is God, that he is the divine one who has come. He is the one who can heal. He's the one who can calm storms. He's the one who can open blind eyes. And in just a few more verses, he's the one who can raise a little girl from the dead. He is the son of God. He is the divine one. But he also tells us this story to teach us some other things. One of those things is that there is no situation too hopeless if we will come to Jesus in genuine faith, with genuine faith. I mean, this woman had almost given up. But when she heard about Jesus, when she heard that Jesus was there, she said, I'm, I'm willing to try one last thing. And I'm just telling you, I talk to people every week who are hopeless. They've just given up. They've given up on their marriage. I talked to a couple this last week that just said, it's over. We're done. And uh, it's like they've had an the life ebbing out of their relationship for years. And they're saying, it's over. We've tried everything. They probably haven't really, but almost everybody claims to have tried everything. Well, we've tried. We've tried. What do we do? We, we go to Jesus and we tell him the whole truth. The whole truth. That is, we don't, we don't blame anybody else. We don't try to excuse our own self. We tell him the whole truth. We say, Jesus, here, here's the whole truth. Here's my need. And if I can just touch you, if I can just get in close enough proximity, then you can help me. But, and even though her issue of blood dried up instantly, Jesus then said, I have something to say to you. He didn't say woman like he does sometimes. He said maybe the tenderest word she had heard maybe in 12 years. Daughter, daughter, you're my, you're a child of Israel. You're a child of God, daughter. Your faith has made you whole. And, and I don't know what, what your greatest need is today. I don't know how long you've had it. Maybe it's been longer than 12 years. Maybe it hadn't been 12 years. But it doesn't have to be 12 years. You could come to Jesus today with whatever your need is, whatever you feel hopeless about, whatever you feel like, I've tried everything, and it's just gotten worse. I'm telling you, Jesus is here. And if you'll reach out and touch him, power will go out from him, and you can find healing to whatever it is. 
inward peace, abiding joy, genuine love, all of it is in Jesus. So you have to be willing to be honest, tell him the whole truth. You have to be willing to come to him. You have to be willing even to risk coming to him in the midst of the crowd. This was a hard thing for her. She had been a castaway, but she says, I'm not going, even though I can't go into the temple, I can come to Jesus. And she came. And she touched him. And her faith, it wasn't the tassel. It was her confident faith that Jesus was able. And she was healed in that moment. Whatever your need is today, I'm telling you, Jesus is the supply. Whatever your need, Jesus is the supply. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you today. I thank you for this precious woman. We don't even know her name, don't know anything about her, except that she was a sufferer for 12 years. Hopeless, helpless, having spent all, and just growing worse instead of better. And yet, immediately, in one instant, you were able to change her hopelessness to hope and her misery to joy. And I pray that you will help us today to not just see this as a story, but to see this as a lesson, a promise that those who come to Jesus honestly and in faith can find healing to that which they have felt hopeless about. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.